This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 7, Episode 4. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts brought to you by Silencer Shop. Today is Wednesday, August 10th, 2022, as of the recording, and I'm your host, Matthew Marister. You see Riley's not here, but I have a co-host here, Brian McLaughlin of Mountain Man Medical. Uh, he's going to be discussing with us uh, a new course, a range of medicine course curriculum that he was integral in putting together and uh, and being a part of. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his um, uh course at the guardian conference is coming up here uh quite uh soon and so everything is going on but you know uh the topic of uh, range medicine is specifically uh you know what what it entails as far as the intricacies and the the specifics about what to do on range uh, on the range in injuries that are specific to the range and things like that um we're going to discuss that big topic uh, important. Uh, before we get into the topics, uh, we're going to talk about our sponsors here quick. And if you notice, we have a new uh, sponsor of the podcast, Silencer Shop. And so uh, if you're not familiar with Silencer Shop, um, they are like your one-stop shop for getting your suppressor, silencer, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can go on there, you can buy your tax stamp, uh, you can set up a gun trust, if you're doing, you know, you can uh, submit your, uh, now that the process, the ATF process uh, for submitting uh, your form is uh, digital, you can do that online. They'll walk you through the process. They're extremely helpful. Um, their, their prices are competitive. And so we're just excited to have them as a new sponsor of the podcast um, later in the month. We're going to have the president of uh, Silencer Shop on, and he's going to uh, go in depth about their company and, and all the things that they offer. But um, if you're interested and you're on the fence and you're kind of confused about the process, head over to Silencer Shop. It's silencershop.com, and you can they'll walk you through the process. They'll, there's tons of information, blog posts, and everything about how to get a silencer suppressor um, and, and all that. So I know it's a confusing um, process, but um, they they simplify it, and you can do it pretty much all from from you know over, all over the internet. So awesome, awesome sponsor. We're excited to have them. I always uh, view uh, the. Uh get yourself a can it's a pre good preventative medicine right you got to protect that hearing yeah. that's one of your key elements to survival and combat you got to have that good hearing you got to get right. yourself a can right exactly Absolutely. unless yeah and if you're married you still have to listen you can't say you know just want to ruin my hearing so i can't hear my spouse yeah so babe, you want me to hear stuff i, I don't hear you good already <laughs> like what do you want right so let's head over to silencer shop silencershop.com um, and then we also have CCW Safe, uh, tried and true sponsor of the podcast. Uh, you can head over there and get a discount by using the code CC Podcast. But they are a legal defense membership. Uh, they offer several plans that provide you with uh, the certainty you need to protect yourself and your loved ones uh, if you're ever in, uh, you know, have to use uh, your firearm in self defense. 
uh, the legal battles, the um, all all that goes into getting uh, attorneys and expert witnesses and and all that. Uh, they are a fantastic group of guys, experienced in in uh, in doing that. They are trial counselors that have uh, have tons of experience. And if I were going to trust anybody, uh, it would be the guys at CCW Safe to uh, to defend me in court. One hundred percent. I've met all of those guys, and I I can one hundred percent agree with that. Solid dudes that you want coming to work for you who have been through all of that crap before a hundred times. The yeah. immense amount of experience and knowledge that goes into that. I, I love those guys over at CCWC too. Yeah. And, and I mean, that that's one of the biggest things, right? Like we have on our website, a comparison chart that talks about the, the you know, the dollar amounts and what's covered and what's not and all that. Um, and, and several of those things might be very similar amongst the different companies that offer these, these uh, types of uh, services. But when you, when, when you when the rubber meets the road right like where you are actually going to pay your money is to get somebody who can do the job for you right not just say hey this is what we'll cover and and we'll come out and we'll do the best we can you want dudes that have been there and done it right it, guys um these these guys have represented police officers been involved in shootings uh, have defended you know, have, have murder trials that they've defended uh, uh, clients in. And, and so you want guys that have done it, have walked the walk and can walk you through it and, and counsel you through it. So, um, yeah, huge, huge uh, uh, kudos to those guys. So CCW Safe, uh, head over to um, CCWSafe.com. Remember to use the code CC podcast and get a discount. If you're a Guardian Nation member, you get an additional discount. So that's uh, something you might want to look into. And we're going to be talking about the Guardian Conference later, uh, a little bit with Brian, what he's going to be doing there. But I want to mention that the Guardian Conference is September 16th through 18th. So it's coming up uh, today's August 10th. So, you know, we're a little outside of a month away. You can still get early bird pricing. I don't know when that's going to go away once we solidify the plans uh, and the schedules for the instructors, the curriculum and everything. And we send that out, um, then it will revert to um, to the full pricing. So you can still get in on the early bird pricing. But it's a fantastic conference. Uh, last year was the first year we got great uh, feedback. And um, we're looking to do even better this year. Uh, it's not just shooting, it's uh, de-escalation, it's, it's uh, unarmed combatives, it's legal, it's medical. Um, and, and so it's, you know, if you think about where could I go to get a, a, a well-rounded picture of the training I would need as a, as a concealed carrier, right? A, a citizen defender. Um, this is, this is the conference to go to, um, top, top instructors. Uh, Brian's obviously one of them. You have Brian Eastridge of EDC Belco and, and, um, our, uh, off duty on duty podcast. Um, you know, Todd Fossey. Um, I, I, I can't even AJ Zito too. AJ I think he's yeah. So, I mean, go, go over to, um, it's the, the website. You can see the whole lineup. It's guardianconference.com and you'll see the whole lineup of instructors, um, get, get a little bit more information. You can sign up there. You can see the pricing and all that, but get in because we're a little outside a month away and, um, and you don't want to 
you know, if you can save money and get early bird pricing, do it. And, uh, and, and before the hotels and everything in the area book up. So, um, guardianconference.com is September 16th through the 18th at the o- Oklahoma city gun club. If I fail to mention that o- Oklahoma city gun club and, uh, don't miss out. Cause this year is going to be even better than last year. So, all right. So I think we got all of that out of the way. And I know that a lot of the people that listen to regular listeners of the podcast, um, or consumers of, you know, concealedcare.com, uh, you know, our, our articles and, and stuff are familiar with, with Brian McLaughlin. Uh, he is the guy over at Mountain Man Medical that um, is doing, you know, basically took something from the ground up and built it to a well-respected and recognized, um, you know, company, not only that sells trauma kits and stuff like that, but the training behind it. Um, you, your blog and videos, YouTube videos are extremely, um, you know, informative. You have a good following um, and, and worked with a lot of uh, other industry, you know, professionals in, uh, in, in the medical industry. Um, so I guess for the people that aren't familiar with you, um, why don't you just give a, a, you know, introductory statement about like, you know, your background, why, we even go to you when we have medical questions and, and why we can trust you for your, your, uh, you know, your opinions on things. Oh, I'm uh, my name is Brian McLaughlin. I spent some time uh, with the Marines in Afghanistan doing some combat tours. Also did a couple of tours in the, the ER uh, working as an EMT. Uh, after I've gotten out, I've done various healthcare related type of jobs. Um, and uh, just been in the uh, health industry for quite a while in the medical world. And this was kind of a natural progression uh, for me. I started off as a writer with Concealed Carry and then helped uh, start this company uh, a couple of years ago. And it's been kicking off pretty good. I've been having a good time with it. It is a chance for me to use uh, some of the experience that I've, uh, I've learned hard and kind of help other people to kind of figure out how they can do better from learning from my mistakes and what I've had to learn, uh, you know, coming up the hard way. So I really dig... Um, the whole combat side of things. That's my favorite part about trauma medicine is the combat side of things. So when I teach my classes, I tend to lean fairly heavy on that particular aspect of things. I'm trying to teach people who are concealed carriers or maybe will be in the vicinity of a violent threat. How do you take care of people? Um, What are some of the things that you need to be thinking about if you're going to save somebody's life in the middle of a gunfight or after a defensive shooting or just in a bad situation. Um, That's one of my favorite parts is being able to uh, have that duality of being able to fight as a, as a medic, and then also be a caregiver to help somebody in a very bad situation, you know, um, to be there for them and to provide them a little bit of comfort um, is uh, one of those valuable things that I didn't think I would, I would enjoy, but it's definitely something I like. Um, So, Everything that I do, I try to uh, try to do, do it in the same type of way as if I'm going to be using this type of stuff on my own kids or my own family. So um, I do all the product development. All of our trauma kits are based off of my experience and the things that I've used on people. And I want to make sure that if I pick up a trauma kit and I go in there, it's going to have top quality stuff to save my kid's life. And I want to be able to sleep at night knowing that I have put out a product that is quality and low enough in cost that everybody can can purchase one. I don't think 
I I don't think trauma kits should be so high priced that you can't you can't buy one to protect yourself. So that's been a key factor for me, and I've been really happy that we've been able to, you know, to particularly meet those type of those um, those requirements of mine. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, as a, as an infantry Marine and and you're a corpsman, you were a corpsman, right? Um, I can tell you, you know, it is, it's extremely comforting to know that, you know, when you, when you need help, right. Um, that you have a corpsman that's not just, you know, like there's a bond there that, that you want to help, right? Like you're, that's your heart's desire. Your heart isn't like, ah, this is my job. I got to stick, you know, some gauze in this dude's like, you know, like you want to help. Right. And so that I know, you know, knowing you, um, and spending time with you and I I know that's your heart, like you want to help people. And I think it's interesting because, you know, we typically, you know, it's a concealed carry podcast and we, we talk about, you know, shooting a lot and defensive gun uses and things. Um, and we talk about, you know, putting ourselves in game planning or game playing uh, scenarios, right? Like scenario playing in our minds. And if this was me and I, I want to be a protector of my family. And, and once you start putting yourself in it as the first person, so to speak, um, in, 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 in your family, right, is in that picture it changes things and it's yeah. the same thing with medicine. And I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really pleased because um, I know that, you know, you look at that and you say, look, man, like I, I want to protect my family, but the, the likelihood of me needing to fix a laceration that they're, you know, spraying blood out because they cut themselves out on the street uh, on a piece of glass or something um, is probably greater than me having to go, you know, shoot some dude that's trying to stab them. Right. And so not that we discount one training for the other, but like, um, knowing, putting yourself in that position and seeing yourself applying medicine to your family says, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to do the same thing for my family that I, I want to, you know, you guys to be able to do. And so I see that in the products that you, um, that you've put in, 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 in the kits, the, the training, the, the, you know, your, your individual, um, training to stay on, on top of, you know, not just like, Hey, I, I, I was trained 10 years ago in the Marine or in the Navy, you know, yeah. how to do this and that's how we do it. And it's like, dude, it's, that's 10 years old. Like, you know, we have new, new products and new techniques and new procedures and things that work better. And, and so you stay on, on top of that. So what, how do you, how do you kind of balance that as far as, um, I know there's a, uh, you know, a tendency with some people to kind of rest on your laurels, but how do you, how do you stay on top of that and, and, and keep all that, you know, um, in perspective, I guess. Oh, that's a great question. Now that's actually something I've been thinking a lot about, uh, recently, um, because a big part of my personal identity, my philosophy is, uh, being a warrior. You know, I like to view myself, especially when the context of my family is a very highly trained, highly motivated and dedicated bodyguard. You know, um, I want to be a person that can help out in all si- all situations, all emergencies, and not just violent encounters. I have no problem with violence in my myself, right? I prefer to love everybody as much as possible, but you cross me, I'll cut you, you know? Um, and But trauma medicine is something that you can use along all areas of emergencies, uh, whereas your firearm is only useful in one particular type of an emergency, you know, a violent threat. 
So one of the things that I really enjoy is um, trying to tell people about how trauma medicine is something that bridges the gaps of all politics and religion and any other types of ideologies. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Everybody can agree that a trauma kit is a fantastic item for everybody to have. It's part of your personal protection equipment. Um, having that stuff nearby is very important because you can save a life very, very easily with very little skills. Firearms training, combat is you have to dedicate so much time to it to get the exact right trigger press, get your tactical reloads and speed reloads looking clean and your holster draws. All of that takes so much time and energy and effort to stay on top of. But trauma medicine really only requires you to kind of check in once or twice a year to make sure that you haven't missed any new uh, research that's coming out to um, tell us to do things better and more efficiently. Uh, I can teach somebody how to save somebody's life pretty quickly. Whereas when it comes to um, saving somebody's life with a firearm, that is a far more intensive process. So uh, the ease of use, the ease of ease of learning how to save somebody's life is one of those things that I really appreciate. So in my own personal philosophy, I try to stay on top of those things by making sure that I hit those wickets. It's a lot of like just working out, you know, like I, I make sure I go to the gym. I also make sure that I get my holster draws in a few times a day to make sure I, I dedicate a little bit of time to making sure my craft is on point. Um, trauma medicine, you don't really need to stay on top of it quite nearly as heavily, I think. If you just recheck in every once in a while to make sure that nothing's changed and you haven't forgotten anything, um, you will be able to save someone's life easily. Yeah. So, and, and I guess, you know, you're talking about the training aspect and you, you said, uh, I think you said it's pretty easy to, to, for you to train somebody on how to save a life. Right. And so somebody who, who is like, well, I've taken a CPR class or I've taken, you know, a first aid class. Why, you know, I, I, I can do the Heimlich maneuver or something yeah. like that. What is different about what you're talking about as far as, you know, some people will say, well, trauma medicine, do I really need to, you know, know this stuff and, and can I know it? And, and you know, what, why do I need a, a tourniquet if I, if I know how to do CPR? So can you kind of just, I guess, before we start talking about um, the new course and, and what we're going to be covering, just kind of like dope out for people. What's the difference between a trauma course or trauma medicine versus just, you know, your average um, CPR class or first aid class? So uh, what I like to teach is much is a much more intensive, much more um, uh, dedicated course. That's essentially the stop the bleed. It's a stop the bleed course for concealed carriers or civilian combat medicine. So it is how to keep somebody alive with very basic skills and very basic equipment. So one of the things that I'll get quite often is people will tell me, "Well, you know, I, I learned how to use tourniquets and Boy Scouts back in the 1970s." I'm like, well. Uh, things have changed up quite a bit. Same, same as when I get somebody, uh, I'm teaching a uh, basic pistol class. Uh, I was teaching a guy one time and he was uh, in his later, uh, late fifties, early sixties. And according to him, he had been in the DEA back in the eighties and therefore did not need to learn how to shoot from me. Uh, so my question to him was like, well, why did you even come? <laughs> if you already know how to shoot, why, what are you here, here to learn? Um, you know, so things, things have changed, right? And that was what I told him as I, like, well, gunfighting has changed quite a bit over the past few years. And since you've learned gunfighting, there's a lot of different things that, um, 
have really changed. And trauma medicine is, is in that same category. Things change up all the time. So one of the things that is a requirement for me here at Mount Man Medical is staying on top of the current medical journals um, that are giving us the guidance for uh, the proper procedures and techniques. So my goal is to learn all of that and pass that on to everybody else so that everything can be done more efficiently and more properly. Um, so staying on top of that, I think, is one of the easier things when it comes to trauma medicine. Is it, is it, does it take, uh, you know, a high degree of knowledge to understand this stuff? Do I, do, do people need to be, you know, I, I'm just thinking as the lay person who's just clicking through and they find this podcast and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. But you know, I'm not really, I don't have an aptitude towards hmm. biology or, or any, you know, any of that stuff. Can Me I either? <laughs> so, so how, how do you talk to, you know, a dumb guy like me, right? I'm a dumb infantry grunt sure. yeah. and you, you're like, Hey, go, go do this um how do you you know can can the average lay person do do the tr learn the trauma skills that are necessary that you're talking about well being a basic doc of dumb infantries uh <laughs> I, I think um they let guys like me do it right um and of course you can go to trauma school for a very long time you can get your doctorate obviously you can be a doctor of emergency medicine um you can become a vascular surgeon uh, which are all great things to do. But if you're not inclined to do that, like me, there's still a ton of things that you can do uh, to save somebody's life. You don't need that much experience, skills, or knowledge to really make a difference. A lot of times people will save other people's lives purely on accident. Uh, pretty often I'll see uh, different surveillance footage or body cam footage or something along those lines where someone will take a, some wadded up paper towels and apply that to a bleeding injury, hoping to soak up blood. Well, our goal is not to soak up blood, right? That, that doesn't do anything for our casualty to soak up blood. But in doing so, in trying to soak up that blood, they wound up applying pressure to the wound and controlling the bleeding with direct pressure and saving that person's life. If they had had just a little bit of knowledge and maybe just a little bit of gear, it would be a much different experience for those people and the outcomes would be much different. So um, if you if this is something that you would like to know, it's very easy to do. Uh, one of the hard things that I usually get asked is how to deal with all the blood. Um, that is usually one of the top questions that I'll get is from people who say, you know, I see blood or I see myself bleeding and I just feel woozy or maybe I pass out. And um, I don't have a really great answer for that, except that the way that you see yourself in these scenarios is important. If you see yourself passing out and failing when it counts the most, that's probably what you're going to do. If you see yourself succeeding and being a hero in the situation and using the skills and gear that you've acquired to fix the situation, then you're more likely to fall in line with that. So how you see yourself in these emergencies is an important aspect of things, not just in defensive gunfighting, but in trauma medicine and a lot of other areas of life. So if, if trauma medicine is scary for you because it seems so complex, it's not as difficult as you might think. It's easy to keep somebody alive. Our only goal is to keep someone alive long enough for EMS to arrive to take them by an ambulance to a hospital where a vascular surgeon will save their life. So you're not really saving their lives. You're just keeping them alive long enough for a doctor to save their life. I, th I think what you said was really, was really profound. It, hit, it struck 
me um, when you're talking about, you know, the way you see yourself is, is likely how you'll perform. Right. And I think, you know, if, if, if you freak out over blood, a lot of blood or something, um, I, th- I think that if you understand how to stop bleeding, right? Like if you understand that there is a way that you can stop this arterial bleeding and, and things like that, then you'll, you're less likely to panic, right? And you're more likely to be able to think logically and think appropriately and act decisively rather than being so scared when you see the blood to say, I don't know how much time do I have? Do I have four seconds before they bleed out? Or do I have a minute and a half? Or how can I stop this bleeding? And I think that part of like the, the, way we fail under stress. And this is, this is true, you know, in, in this, in the sense of, you know, freaking out over blood or when you're attacked is that like, if I don't know my own skills and I don't have confidence in what I can do, then I don't have any way of like in the moment understanding and formulating a plan to respond. So I'm helpless. I feel helpless. And I think that's part of shooting up your anxiety level to say, I don't have anything to, to, to even, you know, formulate a response to this and you feel helpless and, and, and then you kind of freeze up or, or you don't, you don't perform right. 100% absolutely agree. I, you have to think to yourself, where is this anxiety coming from? Uh, and for most people, this anxiety stems from not knowing what to do. Um, you know, I, I've talked to so many different medics, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, doctors, all sorts of people. And I asked them, what made you get into the medical field? And a, a majority of them will answer something along the lines of, I was in a situation where I felt helpless and I never wanted to feel like that again. Hmm. So my goal is to try to teach people that the stuff that I'm trying to tell you that will save somebody's life, what I'm going to teach you is not hard. And if you just follow these quick and easy steps, you can save somebody's life very quickly and rapidly. Then you can gain that confidence because you know what to do. Uh, pretty often I would get, I would get approached by people after a class and they would say, how do you handle all the blood? And as a, a new to civilian world, I hadn't had that question too often. So it, it really kind of struck me and I was very confused at first. And they would say, how do you handle the blood? And at first I thought, you know, well, I, you just have to, if I don't, someone will die. That's enough motivation for me. Um, and, and I don't particularly like blood either. It's gross. I don't want to get it on me. Um, but I am willing to get bloody, uh, because I know that that's, what's going to help save somebody's life. And so in the course of talking to them, they would say something along the lines of, well, I just, I couldn't, I, I, every time I think about that, I just see myself failing. I see myself just passing out, not knowing what to do. I see myself panicking. And for a little while, after I had gotten these questions quite a bit, I started to think about it quite a bit. What makes me different from them? And it's not that I have some sort of weird ability and they don't. The main difference is that I have the confidence to know that I can handle this situation. And because of that confidence, I am able to see myself be the hero. Any situation that is thrown at me, I know I have the skills and the knowledge to handle that. Um, and that's how you can also handle those situations on your own. Yeah. And so, so, so the education is huge in giving us confidence in, in our abilities, obviously, yeah. um, not just false confidence or overconfidence, but actual practical um, understanding of what can we do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's huge. Um, so I know that 
you put together uh, you and I, I believe it was Dennis Lyons over at um, uh, TACMED Solutions, Tactical Medical Solutions, uh, put together a range medicine course and dealing a lot with the with the specifics of injuries on a range, right? Uh, you know, and so um, I think it'd be important to talk about like some of those specifics. I know that you know, I, when I'm running classes, I give a, a, you know, a safety brief at the beginning and I, and I'll ask somebody, Hey, does anybody here, uh, have any medical training? And, and, you know, if, if you have a, a class of 10, probably three people raise their hand and I'll say, okay, so, um, do you, do you feel confident, you know, putting a tourniquet on there and they'll be like, uh, or do you feel confident, you know, if, if, if I'm the one that's shot and I can't be the one that's applying the aid, um, do you feel comfortable plugging a hole with, with gauze, right? And and you see, like, this confidence of, like, yeah, I, I've been trained medically. All of a sudden, it, like, goes down because it's not applicable to the range, so to speak. They haven't really thought about the injuries associated with, with, with you know, that, that could happen on the range. And so I think it's... Um, Maybe you can talk about, you know, some of those specific things, um, why you, you, you guys thought it'd be important to, to, to I guess, focus in on, on one narrow, I, I don't want to say narrow, but like, a, a, you know, focus on one aspect of range or, or uh, tactical medicine and, and, and the range specifically. Well, I think uh, ultimately, you know, a big portion of Mountain Man Medical's customers tend to come from the gun industry. Um, so uh, we have a big passion for supplying our customers with things that they're actually going to use, right? Like I, it, it was a big, I, I didn't get into selling trauma kits for the money, right? Uh, I do it because it's, uh, it, it makes me feel good to provide a product and a service that people can actually use to save someone else and make their lives better. So it's, it's really important for me to do that. And I, I, I want to sell trauma kits because that's ha- what, what pays my bills, uh, but I don't want to sell something that you don't know how to use. Uh, it doesn't do you any good to buy a trauma kit and not know how to use it. So we came out with the emergency trauma response course, which is a hundred percent free. Uh, and it'll show you how to use all the items that are in your trauma kit so that you can actually use it when it comes, uh, comes time. Uh, and then you can also watch it with family members and practice on each other to make sure that the training actually sticks. So when it comes to um, our range safety course, it was along those same types of lines. Uh, we sell a trauma kit called the Wind River, which is one that I designed to be used um, primarily out on the range or in the environment where you might need extra medical equipment. Um, but that's the, the Wind River is the one I designed especially for um, the range so that you can handle any types of environmental concerns, such as, you know, sting bites, uh, sting and bites. Um, and then also like slide bites, needing band-aids and gauze and that kind of stuff to handle your, uh, minor boo-boos out there on the range. And, uh, then of course, heavy in trauma gear. Uh, so if that you have any mishaps while you're out there training, combat is an inherently dangerous endeavor. And so when you train, it's going to be dangerous, at least a little bit. You need to have at least a little bit of danger in your training from time to time to keep your realism up and make sure that you're not getting complacent. Um, so I think you, you need to have at least some sort of danger in weapons. Sometimes they blow up. A lot of people remember that um, that uh, YouTuber, what was it? Ballist- Kentucky Ballistics mm-hmm. had that 50 cal blew up and he had to pack his own neck wound with his thumb or a finger or something. And 
And that's an example of how quickly things can go south. According to the video that I watched, it didn't look like he had done anything wrong. It was just hot ammo, you know, so it wasn't like he was being negligent or anything. The accidents just happen sometimes. And, and before you know it, you're in a massive emergency. And when you're out there on the range, your professionalism is one of those key elements. One of the things that I've noticed a lot lately is the trend moving far more in the realm of trauma medicine for all of my firearms instructors. A lot of firearms instructors are really starting to recognize that combat is a, an all encompassing endeavor, uh, bullets, beans, and bandages, right? It's not just about the bullets. You have other components of combat that you need to be paying attention to, you know, such as your hand-to-hand combat, pistol shooting, of course, and a medical. You have to be able to know how to take care of yourself and your teammates and sometimes your family member. If you're in a defensive shooting, uh, it's definitely possible for a family member to be struck and you might need to take care of them. So this is all how I try to uh, develop the philosophies for our training and especially for the range. Yeah. The, the range medicine course that you're talking about and all the, all these, you know, particulars about the range. If we think about it, like um, handgun rounds are relatively right. Low velocity. And so there you're likely to survive a, a handgun, you know, a, a, a handgun wound, a wound from a handgun round. Um, if you apply proper medicine early on. And I think like we, we harp on the safety rules of gun handling. Right. And, and I think, and, and that's, I th- we absolutely should, but I think sometimes people rest on the safety rules as though, if I follow the safety rules, nothing ever bad is going to happen and I'll go to the range and, you know, I won't be injured because I'm not negligent. I pay attention and all this. And so they're like, you know, the range might have a their own range med kit. Uh, it might be up on, you know, you know, 400 yards away, but they have one and they have medical personnel that, you know, are, are, are trained probably, maybe not. So I don't really need to have my own and I don't really need to know what's going on. And, and like, I think once we step out of that and we we pause for a moment and we think, you know, there are a lot of idiots at the range and you could be doing everything right and and, and get a, sp- a stray round from somebody who is way on a, on a, a completely another range. Right. Or or, you know, um, your your gun blows up or. And so you have to be able to not only help yourself. But if you're there with other, especially as an instructor, if you're there with other people and they're injured, like it's it's not good enough for you, you know, to be able to run 400 yards to grab a kit that may or may not have any gear in it, right? And so you have to have your own gear. And, and we talk about this all the time, like have your own trauma kit if you're going to the range, especially, you know, people that shoot out like, you know, on a, on a, at a, gun club that's, you know, kind of out remote away from, you know, uh, emergency response. Um, you know, you, you got, you, you have to be prepared yourself, not just with the knowledge and ability, um, to, to, you know, handle the gun safely and do all this stuff. But like, if things go wrong, which sometimes they do, and this might not even be your fault, um, to be able to, to respond to that. So what specific stuff, 
is in this range medicine course that, you know, it would not be in a, in, in another course or maybe, um, why is it, why did you pick the things that you included in this course? Right. So most of it is, uh, designed based around my experience of being out on the range myself and also, uh, with Dennis Lyons and he is the subject matter expert over there at TAC Med Solutions. He is a uh, spec ops medic, uh, been in the industry for a very long time, been on a ton of ranges himself. Uh, with the special forces community and all sorts of places. So it was basically us talking about how to handle all of the areas that we've seen become issues when we were out on the range. So not only is these, uh, you know, trauma related, but it's also environmental related. You're going to be outside at a public or outdoor range. There's a lot of environmental concerns that you need to take into consideration. On top of that, you also want to be thinking about your population. Who are you training? Um, uh, I had the luxury uh, when I was with the Marines. Uh, my population was very, was young, extremely healthy, fit men. And they were reasonably easy to take care of compared to our older population. And a lot of our instructors will know that they will have some old timers out there on the range with them. And these old timers probably aren't moving around too much, you know, if they're, if they're on the couch pretty often, and then they decide to go spend uh, an entire day out in hundred degree weather, moving and shooting and communicating, then they're going to have a hard day. And we need to be paying attention to that type of stuff so that we can anticipate problems before they become issues. So a lot of the talks that we have, it's nine separate episodes of us talking about that, how to apply basic trauma uh, medicine and some of the theories behind it as well. And then also how to plan for an emergency. We have a um, form that is a part of the course and it is a uh, safety checklist so that you can run down this entire thing to make sure that you're hitting all of the wickets that you need to to have a safe and professionally run range. So it's, it, so it, you, as a, as an instructor, this would be beneficial, but also as somebody who attends, uh, uh um, you know, training, live fire training or, or anything that you're going to be exerting yourself. Um, it might be beneficial because maybe you're that young, you know, healthy male and all the more reason that, you're training alongside somebody who's elderly or older or maybe not as fit and they go down all the more reason that you as that healthy young male have the knowledge to be able to, to, to step in and, and, um, and help in a situation like that. That's a great point. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things I like, uh, Pat McNamara, he's my spirit animal. He always says something along the lines of, uh, never pass up an opportunity to be Batman. You know, um, I think that that's pretty cool. I think that's a good way of kind of maintaining your philosophy, you know, like what should I be training on? What helps the most people, you know, mm -hmm. do you know how to change a tire? That's a great thing to help somebody in, mm -hmm. in a time of need. You know, you don't always have to be, you know, the Batman that's uh, swinging around and, uh, you know, punching bad guys. There's a lot of good stuff that people can do out there for other people. Yeah. And, and that goes back to like what I was, uh, it, what I was talking about with you, with your heart. Like, I know that you have a caring heart. And, and I think if, if we start looking at the reasons why we carry a firearm, the reasons why we get medical training, it's not, it shouldn't always be, it, yes, it's for self-preservation, but that's, that's part of it. That's only part of it, right? Like we do this because we want to be a positive 
influence in these situations. We want to be a solution rather than just another person in the crowd, right? Like, so, you know, in those mass shootings, remember, like, um, we see that several times, but one that comes to mind was uh, in the Las Vegas shooting when people just started, you know, kind of triaging people and and providing medical care care on their own. Um, I think that, like, you need those people. You need more of those people, right? Like, we're not all going to be cops. We're not all going to be SWAT team members or carrying firearms. Maybe some of some people don't want to carry a firearm, and that's fine. But be part of the solution in a in a world where everybody's just kind of going along with the flow and has nothing to offer. And whether that be being able to stick a hole in a wound and apply pressure, or helping somebody change a car. A car tire on the side of the road or, you know, whatever it might be, just helping somebody out that is having a bad day, right? Like it, it, it starts to permeate who you are. And I think that like, um, we see that in like recent, um, shootings, especially the, the, the one in the mall, um, where, um, you know, the e- e- Eli stepped up and, and he didn't have to, but he assessed the situation and he had the skill and he had the ability and he he had his girlfriend with him, but he took care of her and said, hey, get to cover and I'm going to intervene. And and it's that hard to say, like, look, man, like I'm not the one getting shot at, but like I'm going to be the solution. And so I think this this be, may, allows you to become a well-rounded human being that that is helpful. And for those that are listening, that you know, maybe you you know, you're like, I, look, I'm I, my skill level with the firearms is 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 as good as it's going to get. I have injuries, or I have this or that 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 limits my ability. But I still want to be a, a a positive influence. Like get medical training because you might see a, a accident on the side of the road and be able to intervene and save somebody's life. And, and, and that's, that's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. I, I think so too. I think uh, it's when I learned defensive handgun shooting and moving and all that kind of thing, I'm, I'm not thinking about my own personal safety, you know, when it kind of comes to that, if it was me, you know, I would just run away. I'm great at running away, you know, <laughs> the old tactical retreat. Okay. So through the, um, emergency response training course that is free on mountainmanmedical.com, right? Like it's a free course. It's a, it, 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 it's, I, I don't understand why anybody would pass up a free course that is, uh, ha- is that informative and thorough and, uh, has, you know, accredited information that, that it's, we're not just talking about a course that's like slapped together second, you know, at the last minute, this is, a fantastic course for free. I, I mean, I was telling Brian earlier, I think you probably have to hate yourself to not get that course. That's my shit, you know, sales pitch for the course. Like if you don't hate yourself, get the course cause it's free. Right. And if you head over to Mount man medical, um, on that, the training, uh, tab, you'll see the, the emergency response training course. And then you'll also see the new range medicine, uh, course with the, with Dennis Lyons from tactical medical solutions. Um, and that course is how much money? Well, uh, the ETR course, emergency trauma response, that's free. And the range course, range safety course is uh, $2, two bucks. All right. Two bucks. We're talking about like, you can't even buy, I don't, I don't know. You, you could probably buy a hamburger for two bucks somewhere. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I mean, $2 is, 
you could get you could get both of those courses um and not only will you understand how to build a trauma kit how to use the 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 gear there to be able to stabilize a patient until you know uh professionals can arrive and and all that's maybe potentially saving a life but you'll also have the uh the the range medicine course that that will help you identify um you know issues specific to the range be a be a positive uh, factor in, in those situations. And then maybe self-assess before you go to a course and say, you know, what are the things I should be doing to prepare for a course, whether it be hydration, whether it be sleep, whether it be, you know, carrying medicine, on uh, uh, a trauma kit on myself at the course, right? Like, yeah, if you come to the guardian conference, all the instructors are going to have trauma kits. There's going to be trauma kits at every, at every, uh, you know, range and, and everything, but you, you should, you should have your own, right? Like, so, um, Am I missing anything, uh, you know, as far as those two courses? No, I think um, especially when it comes to um, whether or not you're going to have that stuff available to you, um, having the gear available is one of those important things. A lot of times I'll have people who will ask about um, just improvising, you know, taking off their belt and applying that in the situation. Um, and lives have been saved with a quick and hasty belt tourniquet, but it is not nearly as effective as a um, as a commercial grade tourniquet. So making sure that you've got quality products that you know are going to work when you need it the most is going to be essential. So having that in your trauma kits, whether you get it from us or not, I highly recommend anything that is approved or um, yeah, approved by the TCCC committee. Yeah. And, and like, to be clear, yes, you can improvise things. You can improvise tourniquets and you can, you know, improvise things that are going to soak up blood while you apply pressure. But like, if you can have an actual purpose built item that solves that, you'll do it more efficiently. And, you know, we don't want to rely on a belt as a tourniquet. It's not, no. it isn't a tourniquet. Yes. You, you know, it, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you don't have a tourniquet, yeah, use a belt. But if you, it, it, it's easy to carry a tourniquet on a range. Yeah. So just have the right <laughs> gear. Right. Right. I think so. it's important. A lot of people don't understand is, um, is that a they'll think, well, I don't need trauma cure. I can just make what I need on the fly. And I know how to do it. Like I'm a professionally trained combat, Corman, I know how to improvise all of my own gear, but, and I know the correct and proper way to do it and apply it so that it's the most effective. But even me, I have to go around and find all of the materials to make something like that happen. And even if I happen to whip something up in five minutes, what's happening to that casualty? They're steadily bleeding to death in that five minutes. It's taken me to go and find all the materials, craft me a tourniquet, and then get it applied. So sometimes you might have to do that, especially in the circumstance of a mass casualty event. If you have a lot of casualties, you run out of trauma gear very, very rapidly, and you might have to go to creating and improvising your own trauma gear. But we want to avoid that if at all possible. Sometimes it's not possible. That's why it's an important skill to learn so that you can do that. And again, not that difficult to learn. I got it all on my YouTube channel. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Um, but you want to make sure that you can do it when you need to, but want to avoid it if at all possible, because it's not effective at all. Yeah. Yeah. Agree, man. Um, and so we got about 10 minutes left, maybe a little less than 10 minutes. So we're, we're getting towards the end. And I, I really want to let um, you talk about um, you, you, you instructed at the last guardian conference last year in Oklahoma city. Um, and 
I know that we received a tremendous, we, we polled all the students. We got a lot of feedback from, from students. And one thing that wasn't a surprise to me, um, but I don't know if it was to you, but we got a cr- tremendous amount of positive feedback about your course. And um, mm-hmm. I want to just give you an opportunity to just talk about, um, you know, your experience at the, at the conference, what, what you saw, what you kind of, um, you know, came back with, with that information, feedback from the students and how did, how you reworked the, you know, maybe reworked certain things or added, uh, enhanced certain areas that, that people, uh, gave feedback about, and then, um, what you're planning on doing for this core, this, uh, conference this year. Got Yeah. So I love the Guardian Nation conference. Last year was the very first one that we did and it was a big success. It was a lot of fun. The people that came out there were just great. Like uh, the Concealed Carry Nation is an awesome community, very friendly and respectful and everybody just got along and we had some excellent instructors out there teaching us some pretty awesome things. Uh, One of the things that's very important to me and my own personal identity is being a well-rounded warrior. I don't want to focus too much on one particular discipline. I want to be you know, well-rounded. I want to be able to handle whatever situation is applied to me. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about the Guardian Nation Conference is not just weapons specific. You know, you've got some hand-to-hand stuff. You've got, of course, the medical. You've got some legal. You've got a lot of gunfighting and that kind of stuff. So this is a good place to come and get a, a massive amount of training from some very big names in the industry, some very accomplished shooters and people that have been there and done that a thousand times before. And this is where you get to come and ask all your questions that you haven't had answered and uh, get some personal instruction and make sure that you're doing things correctly, which is, you know, part of the benefit of live instruction. Um, So we had a great time when we were out there, everybody, we just kind of came together and pulled together and it was a lot of fun. The course itself was my first That was my very first time teaching a live course um, in quite a few years. You know, I'd done a lot of teaching over the years in different capacities in the civilian and and in the military. And uh, this was my chance to kind of do my own thing and kind of come up with what I felt was the most important part about trauma medicine in a combat environment, which is my bread and butter. That's my favorite thing about medicine is using it in combat. So that gives me a chance to kind of apply some of my philosophies to uh, what it means to be a civilian. I'm not in the military anymore. I'm a civilian now. So my area of operation, my SOPs are different than they were when I was in the military. So thinking through how I'm going to handle things uh, medically, especially in a hostile environment is something that I like to teach. And uh, I really enjoy it. So last year, um, one of the uh, criticisms that we had was that there wasn't enough hands-on. And because this was my first time teaching anything, I didn't want to get super complex on how we're going to do stuff. But this year, we're going to do a lot more hands-on, run through a lot more drills and scenarios uh, to kind of get people kind of figuring out how to apply trauma gear to themselves if they're in a gunfight. So you draw your weapon, you shoot the bad guy, you smoke check him, but you take one round. How are you going to fix that round? What are some of the things that you need to be thinking about uh, in order to treat yourself appropriately until law enforcement or EMS can arrive to take over? So that's my primary goal when I go into this. And it seems like a lot of people are really enjoying it. And uh, I like to get into the philosophy a little bit. Uh, One of my favorite parts about going to these conferences and teaching trauma medicine is getting a chance to 
to talk with combat masters, right? I kind of view myself as having an associate's degree in war. You know, I, I know enough about war to have an associate's degree, but these are the guys, these are PhDs. These are professors in combat and violence. And uh, I get the opportunity to talk a lot of philosophy. You know, why do we do what we do? These are guys that have been in combat since high school and um, why they haven't been burnt out and why they continue to do jobs that most people, you know, wouldn't. Um, it, it all kind of comes back to uh, that warrior philosophy and what's important. So I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'll be there with you again. And I'm excited to, uh, to hear uh, the course. I know last year I jumped in part uh, part way through one of your courses when I had an opportunity and, uh, and that was awesome. And to see, uh, to see the response from the students was, was awesome. So, um, I know you're, like I said, I know your heart, man. I know you love training and teaching and getting information into people's, uh, grasp. And I think this is, uh, this is an offer awesome opportunity. If you haven't signed up for the conference, um, even if you took it last year or you were there last year, there's going to be different instructors, different curriculum, even Brian's, uh, he's going to be teaching again, but his curriculum is going to be a little bit different. Um, and it's just, I, I just, I think this information and this kind of stuff is so vital, uh, for what we do, uh, it, you know, it, as concealed carriers, as first responders, as protectors of our family, um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, um, kind of through, through Romans 12 out there, you know, if it be possible, you know, as much as we can in ourselves, like we're supposed to live peaceably with men, right? Like as much as, as much as possible as we can, but there is a time, uh, where, uh, violence is, is necessary and, and being able to be prepared for that aspect and the aftermath, um, you know, whether it be, um, physically being able to p plug holes in that or psychologically or spiritually, um, uh, being able to, to, to handle that stress and handle those, the, the, you know, the secondary effects of, of using force, whether it's shooting or, or, you know, just, just the trauma of being a victim in, in a, in a violent crime, um, we, we have to be, we have to be prepared at all, all levels. So this is a critical part of that. And I'm just, I'm thankful that, you know, we, we have you on our team to, uh, to be, you know, helping people like that. I'm happy to be here. I think that that is one of the, the, the greatest parts about going to the guardian nation conference is the people, the community. Uh, it's just fun. You know, you get to come and learn some crazy cool skills from some crazy, interesting people. Um, but it's also a lot of fun. You get to go and make friends and new business partners and just have a good time with like-minded people. It's, it's a, it's a blast. You know, you yeah. get to talk about this stuff to people that don't look at you weird, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is, is great. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a great, it was a great time. So, um, yeah. So anything, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? I think Brian froze here. That's all right. Apparently he doesn't have anything to add. He, he, he covered everything. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening. I hope that this was uh, beneficial to you guys that you got something out of it. Um, at the very least you got some 
points of reference where you could go to get some resources to up your education, your training, um, and the skill set that you have to to be effective and be a positive in any situation that you might run across um, in daily life. So um, remember, head over to guardianconference.com. You can still sign up at the early bird pricing, get in on this course that Brian's going to be teaching or any of the other uh many courses, legal courses, Andrew Branca and, and uh, many different uh, live fire courses, night fire. Uh, there'll be a, a less lethal course, all kinds of stuff, dude. Uh, that's what you want to sign up for, guardianconference.com. Uh, remember, CCW Safe, use the code CC Podcast for a discount for one of their, uh, you know, coverage plans that might fit your family needs. And finally, our newest uh, sponsor of the podcast, Silencer Shop. That's silencershop.com. You can get your NFA tax stamp, your gun trust, buy your can, buy your uh, suppressor over there. And and they will be an incredible uh, resource to help walk you through that complicated process. Um, and yeah, so like I said, hope this has been a, a benefit to you guys. Um, I think we got Brian back. So any any last saved rounds you want to? You want to? Yeah, sorry about that. Every time I touch the cord on my microphone, it shuts off my audio. So I, <laughs> I, I gesticulate a lot, lots of hand movements. And so I slap it and it just keeps going out. But, but no, uh, thank you for having me on. I had a great time. Uh, if anybody is interested and has any questions, feel free to head over mountainmanmedical.com. You can leave comments or ask questions, email me, uh, check out our my YouTube channel. I talk about um, different types of trauma medicines all over the place. And uh, come see me at the Guardian Nation Conference. It's uh, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so with that, we're going to bid you farewell until next time. Remember, uh, Jacob and Riley are going to be back talking about an exciting uh, new release or new company uh, that we, they want to tell you about and talking uh, about the Shooter Ready Challenge. So that's going to be later on. But remember, train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fast, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Talk to you later.